Tansy. It's so good to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, but maybe it's only been a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just been a week, but it feel, felt like a long week. Yeah. 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 How are you doing? Good. I have a little bit of a cold. So anyone watching or listening, I might sound a little bit coldy. So apologies for that. Um, but yeah, it's going around at the moment. I think changing seasons, that kind of. Yeah, here too. Um, I know a couple people who are out cold mm. in bed. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems to be going around spring beginning of spring that yeah. that that phase from winter to spring well it's good to see you and thanks for being here <laughs> you too I'm happy to be here um and so today we wanted to talk about something that's been going on in the news we wanted to um kind of bring our opinions uh talk a little bit around it um because it feels relevant and we want to do a little bit more about um current things that are happening so I think that's why we wanted to talk about this so what has been going on at the moment is that Gary Ginsler from the SEC which is the securities um what is exchange it? commission uh -oh. yes U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has a three-part mission protect investors maintain fair orderly and efficient markets facilitate capital formation now we know now we know perfect <laughs> um and, and gary gensler is the head of that organization currently and he has a little bit of a vendetta against cryptocurrencies um mostly because he he is trying to regulate you know they the sec want to get their hands around cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and just like pull it in so that they can also um, start to do some regulation. But because of the nature of cryptocurrencies, it's been a little bit difficult to define them. So although Bitcoin has um, sort of been seen as a commodity, which is different from a security in the sense that a commodity is more of a product. It's something like gold or something more um, like a physical property that can be exchanged um, or traded. Whereas a security is more like an investment in um, an organization mm -hmm. where you, you, know, you get yield for uh, being part of that organization. So a little bit like a stock uh, or a share. So, they, the SEC rule over like stocks and shares basically, and that kind of, those, those are securities. And with cryptocurrencies, it's been very difficult to define them. And other than Bitcoin, the others are sort of floating about in this, um, I was gonna say ether, but that would be confusing. <laughs> they are floating around in this undefined space. And, you know, for a long time, there has been this threat of regulation, but no one has been quite sure of how that will look. And this week, uh, there has been some movement by the SEC um, who has, and they've decided to um, basically regulate stable coins, which are a type of cryptocurrency and staking. Um, and what we're gonna talk about today is just the, the issues around that word staking, um, because there are cryptocurrencies that offer staking, but there's also platforms that offer staking or yield. So we want to kind of dig into that and to show why it's creating some controversy and how it's a little bit difficult. Um, and also around the stable coins and kind of why they're being targeted and what that means for the, the space overall. So, um, yeah, is there, do you have preference on which angle we start or do you want to contribute anything to the beginning bit? Um, I think, <laughs> I don't, uh, what, I think we should start with staking. Okay. Great. <laughs> and partly just because it's sort of on the tip of my head or mm. tip of my tongue on top of my head, um, because I was trying to unpack sort of like for myself what what is staking and um 
and falling down that rabbit hole, discovering that there's not just one kind of staking. Um, and, you know, the way the media has been sharing information about the current activities by the SEC, by Gary Gensler regarding staking, you it just paints it as just sort of a all-encompassing kind of concept. Um, and also, I think the SEC itself is sort of presenting it that way. Um, but there's actually all different ways of kinds of staking, or not that many. I think there's maybe two or three different types of staking. Um, and so I, I just thought it was really, really important, partly because you have sort of at the forefront in the media, um, you have Kraken, mm -hmm. who just got fined because of their staking, and you have Coinbase, and they haven't been fined. And they're getting, though, agitated and concerned regarding any further regulation regarding staking or any regulation at all. No regulation has been put in place. It's just um, the SEC decided to fine Kraken and Kraken didn't want to, for whatever reason, push against and fight and go into the court system, the U.S. court system, to try to navigate it. Um, so they paid the fine and had to stop um, the ability of staking, the type of staking they're doing in the United States. And if I just explain a little bit to the audience, if you don't know Kraken and Coinbase, um, they are both crypto exchanges. So they both sit at the, um, the point of where people can kind of bring in money from the outside. So from a bank into their space and you can either hold coins there um, or you can trade with them and you can um, buy and sell between different cryptocurrencies and they both offer um, a sort of a staking capability and maybe shall I explain um, the sort of different types so and this is where so Coinbase is one of those organizations and both actually of these institutions are really heavily regulated. Like they are cryptocurrency firms that have really like stepped up to try to be as regulated as possible. Um, and so it's a little bit harsh because this mm -hmm. SEC judgment has really come after a year of huge collapses, basically from Celsius, Three Arrows, FTX, and all of them were very unregulated. And yet now the regulated organizations themselves are getting lumped with more and more um, kind of persecution and um, yeah, structures. So the difference really, so they both offer staking products, but the difference between the two is that uh, Kraken, um, like Celsius um, before, um, offers products that are called like uh, staking uh, or yield farming, which is basically when you can, a, a customer can invest in or um, stake their coins, any coin that they're, they're offered to stake. So it could be um, Ethereum, it may be Bitcoin, it could be a stable coin, it could be one of many different cryptocurrencies, and they kind of give it to the um, platform itself. And the platform takes those, invests them sort of elsewhere, and gives back a yield. So it pays basically an interest for you locking up your coins with them. So in that sense, the organization themselves, the platform themselves has kind of control over your coins. And then they give you a yield for kind of taking that control. And there's a lot of different um, platforms that do that. Crypto.com does it too. Um, but with, for example, with Celsius, that those funds were being misused and that wasn't seen. And so that led to a complete collapse of Celsius, another platform, and everybody lost their funds. And so there was no, because there's no regulation about those people who are taking funds, making sure that they are doing good by their customers. So Kraken offers that kind of system, although they show and they say, you know, we can prove that we are doing this legitimately. We're not mis misusing customer funds. The SEC have sort of stepped in and said, it doesn't matter. You're taking customer funds. You're not being clear enough about the fact that, you know, you are offering uh, this service and, you know, 
actually to offer this service in a normal investment firm that's not crypto related, you would be required to be regulated by us. So we are regulating you. And so that's sort of why Kraken has been, you know, has been targeted and they have agreed, like you said, to pay a $30 million fine. Yeah. Um, Coinbase does something slightly different, which is why Coinbase is pushing back. And this explains why a lot of different um, people in the crypto space are pushing back because staking has a different has a different role as well. So when we're talking about staking in terms of yield farming, it's like you're kind of, it's not really staking. It's more you are kind of securing your assets and kind of giving them to the platform and they invest them and they give you a profit or they give you yield so it's more yield farming although the sec has called it all staking and the reason mm -hmm. it's confusing is because what coinbase off like give is basically a platform for blockchains which are, have cryptocurrencies linked to them they're like a cryptocurrency blockchain um and those cryptocurrency blockchains can offer their own staking in order to validate their system. To in order to validate that blockchain, they have a staking protocol, which is completely different. So then the kind of yield farming. And for example, Ethereum moved from proof of work to proof of stake. So these are different um, protocols. So Bitcoin is on the proof of work, which means that you have to kind of churn through a lot of computational effort in order to find essentially a number, in order to validate the Bitcoin blockchain, in order to add a block to that blockchain, in order to kind of process transactions. Ethereum has moved to a proof of stake protocol, which a lot of other um, blockchains do as well, which means that essentially people can purchase Ethereum and stake it in the, in the protocol itself. So they lock it up. And the more people that lock up their Ethereum, that creates the security and if you have enough locked up you can become like a verifier or a validator of that network and to help validate and secure uh, the transactions and add the blocks so the staking is part and is fundamental to the running of that blockchain like the entire thing runs on people staking those coins and validating the network and what coinbase offer is they offer the ability to stake in these protocols. So they are just a hosted hosting platform basically. And they say, you, you know, we, we offer the doorway to staking in Ethereum. We offer the doorway to staking in whatever other um, cryptocurrencies. So they are saying, we don't manage customers' money in terms of, we don't, we don't give the yield. The, like the blockchain themselves do that. And they are not securities because it's a completely different organization. And like we said, cryptocurrencies have kind of fallen outside um, of the regulatory framework. And the issue is, is that when Gary Ginsler says all staking, it's everyone's kind of up in arms because it's like, mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. And that's why Coinbase have said, we are not paying you any money and we will fight you. Um, because we are not doing what you're accusing us of doing, which is basically yield farming. And that's what he, Gary, or the SEC is trying to actually clamp down on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's really uh, a scary situation because besides Bitcoin and a couple other coins, all these crypto coins are proof of stake. They're, they're based on that concept of proof of stake. So when you start um, pushing back and finding this concept of staking, um, you're really pushing against sort of the underlying uh, method of how most of crypto works. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody, you know, Twitter is all abuzz with this information this week. And, you know, and it's interesting, though, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is... Um, what is it, the, the cloud with the silver lining kind of thing, where they're saying this is actually going to motivate a lot of people to move off of centralized staking platforms like Coinbase and go directly into DeFi. Mm -hmm. 
um, and do it directly with those coins, like with Cosmos, with Ethereum, stake it themselves and take full responsibility and not having that middleman like Coinbase. Um, so in one sense, you know, is this a good thing for the whole sort of underlying a, a def, uh, decentralized finance of crypto? Um, but then in another sense, you know, people who are just beginning and who don't want to go down that DeFi rabbit hole and want to have that opportunity to, to be part of proof of stake, you know, Coinbase, you know, these, these middle, these, uh, um, what are we calling them? What kind of organization? A uh, custodial, custody, custody. Yeah, that wasn't wallet. quite the word, but that I, works. Um... Um, so these exchanges allow these crypto exchanges allow sort of the general retail investor to get into DeFi. Uh, yeah, into DeFi, but without going the DeFi route. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's very confusing. It can be very scary, but again, like, is it an opportunity for people to embrace even further, uh, this idea of decentralized finance? Yeah. Uh, um, but in a way, have you heard, I mean, is crypto.com, have you heard anything regarding crypto.com and what they're yeah, no, I haven't heard because they, you know, they do offer it too. There's a whole, they have a whole sort of yeah. staking, they call it staking too, but it's, it's yield. Um, it's yield. Okay. I wasn't yeah, sure. About that. Yeah. Cause it's the same. Cause you're not, cause that, to actually go into the protocol and like, an, and stake, for example, with Ethereum, it's a different process to um, just moving coins where you can generate interest on that. More that, sorry, when you're staking, you kind of enter, you do sort of enter staking pools with that protocol. Whereas with something like crypto.com or Kraken, you sort of allocate your, the amount of coins you have, you kind of say, yes, you know, um, stake <laughs> uh, like half of it. And then they just generate yield for you. And that just comes back into your wallet. Um, and there's quite a lot of wallets that do do that, that offer that kind of yield. Um, mm -hmm uh system um and it is com uh, confusing because they call it staking um but it's different from the staking when you're going directly into one of the protocols like one of the blockchains yeah. like ethereum and you know i think that is really what the sec is targeting they're trying to target the the overall the yield part rather than um the the blockchains themselves because to do that if they start attacking ethereum which is like one of the biggest um coins in the space and so much is built on ethereum like so many nfts and obviously a lot of the stable coins and so you know you'd be really target you know you'd be really attacking the kind of um the heart of this crypto space obviously bitcoin is immune yeah. to it all uh, as usual <laughs> um because it doesn't it doesn't work on proof of stake um so yeah it's uh it's an interesting kind of move and i think it's really about the sec sort of flexing its muscles and saying like we need to start we need to start kind of regulating and getting um control over this but one thing a lot of people say is that if you're regulating it's only in america so a lot of people then get pushed to other countries and that's what happened with, you know, FTX, for example, like they were kind of registered in Barbados. So, and that's how they got away with not being regulated because they weren't actually registered in the U in the US. And so you're encouraging organizations to move abroad and um, that is then less regulated, but you're also potentially offering, you know, kind of separating the US customers as well from everyone else and kind of disenfranchising yeah. people. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, some in the crypto community are saying like what Gary Gensler is trying to achieve is specifically with this, uh, this fine against Kraken is that with the yield farming, you don't, or the, the yield investing, the yield stake, staking, um, you don't necessarily know where your money is going, you know, where your crypto is going. Uh, what are they doing with it? The, you know, and so I mean, one of the big um, uh, 
sort of rules in the US. Um, I think it was set up in the 1930s or something where when people invest their money into your organization, you have to let them know where is their money going and you have to disclose it. And that's sort of the big thing, the issue with Kraken is they weren't disclosing it. Mm. Now, the other side is that Kraken wasn't able to disclose it because the type of disclosing documents that are available because they're based in the old fiat system, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they couldn't fill out the form. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was like apples and oranges. You know what? What Kraken offered was this orange, and they were only offered an apple, so they couldn't uh, share um, properly what what they were offering in this yield staking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as you mentioned, I mean, they, they did do a lot of work, a lot of time, energy, money in trying to be um, regulated properly, you know, so <clears throat> people are again mentioning that, you know, if they could have, they would have, mm-hmm. but that what that opportunity wasn't there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another interesting aspect. And it's just um, disappointing, you know, that they the SEC is doing these very um, kind of aggressive forward moves on crypto, but then they don't seem to have the full information or they're not sharing it with people. Like the, the information they're giving to the media or even on the government's websites. Mm. You know, Again, this idea of staking is, there's different definitions of it. There's different ways of staking and they don't even address that. It's like, are they that ignorant that they're not knowledgeable about this? Mm. Do they not care? Do they want to create the confusion to sort of instigate some fear in the crypto community? So the whole thing is just, it's another crypto soap opera. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's so frustrating because, you know, for example, with FTX, with Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, he was kind of chummy <laughs> with the right. SEC in many ways. You know, he kind of walked the Him and Gary were them. like this. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and he was trying to, you know, offer the kind of regulatory solutions that might be useful for the, you know, the crypto space. And it's it's like, so you have places like Coinbase and Kraken that have been in the space for a very long time, are highly regulated, have huge teams about them. You know, they invest a lot of time and money in becoming, um, you know, recognized as being secure spaces to, to, you, to navigate the crypto space. And yet, you know, the SEC doesn't go to them to go, how can we work this out? How can we find, you know, an understanding here? How can this work? How do we change the, the rules so that we can accommodate both needs? Instead, they go to someone like Sam Bankman-Fried, who is brand new pretty much in this space, who, you know, obviously came from a background where he had influential parents who probably put him in that position where he could be kind of chummy with um, uh, Gary Gensler. But it's like, he was one of the ones, he's one of the most corrupt people in the space, Sam. And so it's just so frustrating, even then, for that, you know, for Gary Gensler to not admit that he made a mistake by not inviting everyone to this round table, that he kind of chose one direction and then it basically didn't have any kind of influence over how FTX was run and how it's absolutely corrupt. And now instigating these kind of high, you know, regulatory sort of seizures where they're like, right, you know, you have to accommodate um what we're saying without bringing everyone in without saying come in let's talk about this what works and what they should have been doing with kraken is to say this you know we are going to instigate we believe that what you're doing is this and it falls under sec and you know we admit that maybe we didn't have the right um format of forms or whatever to accommodate but now we do so you know we give you a grace period it's time to move over Instead, they just clamp down, crack down, get the fines, attack everyone. And it's like, it's just what that creates is this attacking kind of vector where it's not about working in unity. It's about like, it's about creating tension. Um, 
And it feels like there's a little bit of ego in that. Like I can't understand it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is again, another um, <laughs> line <laughs> saying hello. <laughs> it's another perfect example of this old, you know, old, old boys club top down structure. Mm. Um, instead of this more collaborative, like, let's figure this out together. Let's, you know, let's collaborate. You know, I, I don't understand why that concept of collaboration is such a, a, a not allowed in the old boys club or something. It's, it's such an odd thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes complete sense. It seems much more efficient mm. um, in the long term. Um, and, it, and it creates, I think, win-win-win scenarios. Yeah. Um, the, what they're doing at the SEC is just, I think it's going to bite them back. Mm. Uh, in some way, it might not be tomorrow, but yeah. Mm. Very frustrating, you know. Yeah, it is frustrating. And it just feels like, you're right, like it feels like the same old. Yeah. You know. It's, it's not 21st century yeah yeah and it's like yeah and like these are like these are organizations these are businesses that are contributing to the economy they are doing you know they are operating um in every way else like a regulated way and so it's like why you know what is this like if you don't like crypto okay but it exists so Mm -hmm. converse with it work it out find equal ground find the middle ground rather than having this it's funny because in crypto we talk about these centralized organizations it's like take the power back but now we've kind of got this over you know we've got the centralized organizations like kraken and coinbase and then you've got this overarching kind of you know i just sort of see them with a kind of cigar in their mouth just they're like the even the higher dogs that are even stamping on the centralized organizations um and it's just this is so it's just so yeah like archaic it just yes archaic yeah um and it's not just staking (laughs) that they are attacking (laughs) well they're also attacking stable coins which Mm -hmm. is in many ways more nefarious or more damaging because staking not that many people do not that many people are part of this kind of yield staking. Um, it does offer opportunities to you know, make money off your crypto. Um, but some people are generally just a little bit more skeptical of doing those sorts of things. And so they prefer to stay away and don't do that. But stable coins, which are a type of cryptocurrency that are usually pegged to a commodity and usually the dollar, which means that they hold their value, they are stable. So in all intents and purposes, they kind of act like a dollar in the space because they they hold the same monetary value. But the difference is, is they can obviously, they are um, programmable and they can kind of operate across the entire kind of crypto network. So most mm-hmm. of them are built on Ethereum, um, on the Ethereum blockchain, but they are, you know, people use them in all sorts of different wallets and hold them there. And the most sort of famous ones are USDC and USDT. Um, and there's one called BUSD, which is Binance, uh, which is another exchange which has its own uh, stablecoin. And the reason why stablecoins are so popular is that when you uh, like are doing well with a particular cryptocurrency, so say you have Bitcoin, and you bought Bitcoin at $5,000 and it you know, moves up to $50,000, you wanna take your profit. So, or you wanna sell it. So say you have one Bitcoin that you wanna sell for profit. If you bought it at $5,000 and it's now $50,000, you've made $49,000. So you would wanna sell, you might wanna sell that Bitcoin. Now, instead of selling it into dollars, like fiat money, which costs a lot, it, it, there's like a tax around that, um, and you have to use certain uh, centralized exchanges, um, such as Coinbase or Kraken. Uh, instead, there is like this intermediary, which is a stable coin, and you can just switch it. It's another cryptocurrency. So you can just switch your Bitcoin into that and you've captured the 49,000, but it was a much cheaper exchange and you're still holding it within the crypto space. 
And you can send that, that stable coin, you can send that USDC to other people in the space. So I could send it to you, I could send it to another one of my wallets, I could send it anywhere. If it's fiat, if it's US dollars, you could only hold it in the wallet that allows that. And you cannot send at the moment uh, USD, so uh, fiat dollars. You can't send that across the space. You can only send stable coins. So if I wanted to pay you, Anya, $50, I would send you USDC or USDT. I'm not going to send you $50 in dollars because I can't do that through my crypto wallets. Um, so it is one of the most used part of the crypto space is stable coins. People sending, things, sending it, paying for things. Um, it's like, it's huge, basically. And the SEC are targeting it. Oh yeah, I just wanted to like push, put in there yeah. uh, that, you know, and the benefit of this is the time, the transfer time and the transfer fees. So when you're sending these stable coins to each other via these crypto wallets, it happens within seconds to minutes. And the, the fee is minimal. You try to do that with US dollars on a bank, it takes days and it's like at least $50 to transfer it across the world, wherever you're sending it to. So it makes no sense even like when you start getting into the crypto world and you see this opportunity for fast and cheap exchange opportunity, why use the banking system in US dollars? So I just wanted to highlight why, you know, it's so useful to send USDC and UD USDT around. Yeah, it's so it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And you can think about countries that can't often, you know, easily send money between each other. And USDC is an easy way to do that. And, you know, people, Bitcoiners would say just have Bitcoin, but obviously because it's such a fluctuating price, if you are a very small scale kind of farmer or, you know, employee in some way, and you're not making very much money and you want to send, you need to send $15, well, one day you might wake up and you have $15 in Bitcoin and the next day it might be $10 of Bitcoin or $5 of Bitcoin. And so you can't, you know, you're, you're, the value is depleting. So by having stable coins, you're giving access to everybody to kind of secure um, their, the value to keep it steady. So it's really important. Um, and the SEC are targeting stable coins. Uh, and they've started with Binance's um, stablecoin, which is BUSD, Binance um, US dollar. And that is um, created by a company called Paxos. Um, and they have been told to cease and desist. So they've been told to stop um, generating any more of this BUSD, uh, which they have done. But they are planning to push back saying stablecoins are not a security because nobody is investing in the company itself no one is investing in Paxos or even Binance if they're using BUSD they are just they are the actual cryptocurrency they are using that and they are sending it around they don't get yield for that they don't get money for it so it would be like having a share that you never made any money for on but you just sent it around the world which that's the problem it doesn't actually exist there is no um there is nothing similar in um, the current system. And so that's why it hasn't been regulated up until now. And in a way, you know, it's kind of more like a commodity, but with Bitcoin, we don't know who created it. And so it's a kind of, it's more like gold, you know, it's just accessible by anyone. Whereas with stable coins, they are issued by a company. Yeah. So, you know, there is that problem, but they could just say, you need to make sure that there is um, an equal balance. So you are holding an equal amount of US dollar for the amount of USD or like the amount of stable coin that you're issuing. So there is never discrepancy between how much you are producing and how much you actually um, have it backed by. Cause that's the problem is like, if you have an uh, issuer, they could just produce lots of it. And you're kind of interrupting even the, you know, you could interrupt even the, the US dollar system, right? So if you generated loads of stable coins, people can swap that stable coin. They can actually exchange that into dollars. So if you created like a billion dollars worth of stable coins and then everybody changed that into dollars, you've just, 
kind of unwittingly created a huge kind of inflationary um, thing to the to the US economy. So I understand why they wouldn't want you just to be able to create a stable coin out of thin air. But a lot of the stable coins are, you know, having um, assets like or of Bitcoin or of dollars as a way to back their stable coin, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. And so that's where there's tension is like what the SEC is wanting to do is protect consumers, protect the nation. But what they're ultimately doing is kind of is kind of it's like using a battering ram um, instead of something a little bit more delicate. Um and actually creating maybe new regulations to help to ease that that issue, you know, that um, of having it backed um, and not people overproducing. Um, and this is a direct response to Luna, which was another stable coin which they had, which was UST, which collapsed, and um, but it had no backing in reality. So it's a very so different did, example. Um, I, I haven't done much research on on that particular issue so was that their specific um the reason why they requested them to cease and desist producing BUSD because they didn't they couldn't verify they had enough backing so actually with um Paxos they said that they had not given enough um they had not given consumers so those who are purchasing the usd they had mm-hmm. not stated that it was ah. a security asset and hadn't informed hadn't basically done the necessary um informing um mm-hmm. before people were purchasing busd so it's more around um it's more around at the moment it's more around that piece of just um yeah that they haven't lived up to the kind of the necessary regulations that would be involved in distributing in a, a security. And what about then, I mean, if, were they an easier target versus USDC and USDT or are USDC and USDT next? What's your take on that? Well, USDT has been in, um, trouble (laughs) for many years around this around the concept of the backing so although right now with BUSD it's more around the information provided to consumers the piece around the USDT which is another stable coin was around the fact that they they weren't it wasn't believed that they had enough backing that they had enough behind what they were producing so they got taken to court and in the interim, I believe they have made sure they have enough backing. So currently they do have enough, um, USDT do have enough behind all of their coins, if it's Bitcoin or US dollars. So they have huge reserves. Um, and I do believe USDC as well has one-to-one. So they haven't yet been attacked because actually for now they are backed although they aren't also giving the information but I think Paxos was an easier target because they aren't giving the information and they aren't there isn't a kind of disclosure that they are um that they have one-to-one and actually there is suggestion that there has been discrepancies um at points and so that is kind of why they've been targeted first but um there you know there is speculation that all of them could be targeted or that basically the kind of um, the US sort of claims one of them, like maybe USDC or USDT as oh. their kind of, as their own sort of um, central bank digital currency in a way, you know, because it's all oh. pegged to the dollar, right? So right. we're now using dollars all over the world, the dollar. Which is a benefit to the US dollar. Right. No. Yeah. And if they need to have one-to-one, they have to keep accumulating US dollars in order to issue more stable coins, um, which, uh, you know, basically makes the US dollar important forever. (laughs) So, you know, I think they are tactic, they're doing whatever they're doing tactically. One of the interesting things I heard again on Twitter, my favorite source of various soap opera information on crypto, 
is, you know, one of the things that could result from this is that stable coins start to be created that are not based on the dollar. So they're based on, let's say, the uh, euro or the yen or, you know, whatever. And so that U.S. would lose a lot of, the U.S. dollar would lose a lot of something, mm -hmm. um, liquidity. Uh, I don't know what the term is. Um, but it seems like it would be a big loss for the U.S. in general if all these stable coins move from having the dollar, you know, the sort of the world currency and move it towards a new world currency or a new stronger currency. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's an interesting thought that these stable coins move away from the U.S. dollar. Mm. Well, a lot of people are hoping that it would be Bitcoin that has <laughs> stable coin <laughs> um, and it's back yeah. from Bitcoin. So, you know, so we have a stable coin that is um, not associated and maybe it could start by being, you know, I don't know how you kind of conceptualize what that would, you know, what the price is, but that would be able to be held and it's the Bitcoin that backs it. So I love that. I would like. Yeah, because it's global as well and you're not like relating it to any country. And I think that's kind of the problem with USDC or USDT is that, you know, they're all pegged to the dollar. And although that makes it easy, obviously, when you're paying for things and exchanging money, it's like it keeps the US is this dominant force, even in the space. Yeah. And, you know, I think we want to step away from this, um, the kind of the current system where they hold the, the reins to more global system where it's an equalizer. And that's the thing with all of these different um, CBDCs, all the different central bank digital currencies for each country. Again, it's all competition. It's all like, well, you know, can you use mine? Can I use yours? And it gives a certain amount of, you know, autonomy to each country, a certain amount of sovereignty to each country, but that's fine. You can keep your own fiat currencies if you want to, but we also should be allowed to have a global currency that we can share and partake in um, and that we kind of replace the dollar as the global reserve currency um, and would be acceptable all over the world. And it, would, it seems more likely that that would be based on um, Bitcoin. And that means that like at the moment with the US dollar being the, the global reserve currencies, they have a lot of power um, and they can print a lot of dollars before it actually impacts them inflationary wise, because it's spreading across the world. And obviously China is trying to compete by forcing in their digital yuan. Um, yuan. And obviously when we're thinking about digital currencies is that these are programmable currencies and we don't know what program like what exists within the currency. So if you have it in your wallet, could it just disappear? Could it deplete? Could it target something on your computer? Who knows? And so I think that realistically, I don't think many countries in the West particularly are going to want to adopt the digital one, like China's digital currency as everybody's digital currency, although they want it to be. So I think, you know, uh, stable coins are leading the way in being an equalizer of global currency. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Bitcoin is that, but it's fluctuating. So this is like kind of the great equalizer with stable coins. And I think that targeting that is just, is, is attacking America itself because then you're allowing something like say the digital one to like step up um, or maybe to even kind of get into the space and say, okay, well, everything needs to be based on China, China's kind of currency and coin or, valuation and then they kind of take over on that so everything we know is sort of priced globally in a kind of um china um value china way. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i just think it's one of those ones of like the sec and the us again kind of flexing their muscles and not mm. really helping the not really understanding the narrative or you know if they had come in a long time ago right at the beginning and said we need to do something about this they could have maybe shut it down they could have maybe suppressed it they could have changed it they could have regulated it they could have done anything but they've let it go for so long to get so big they know stable coins have existed for years and it's huge business it's huge 
And so now to kind of come in and be like, oh, you know, we're going to start doing this kind of regulation. It's like, I mean, it's just too late. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you actually have to set like, you know, legitimate bounds, which is would, would be around the um, having the one-to-one, but getting them to say it's a security and getting them, you know, getting them to say you have to, you know, they have to explain to every single customer certain principles and they have to pay. And it's like, you know, it's not a security. So just stop wasting your time, protect what needs to be protected and make sure that the money is backed one-to-one with something that you recognize as being legitimate. If that's Bitcoin, if that's gold, if that's dollar, that was the problem with Luna is they had a Luna stable coin pairing. So there was no backing in anything kind of recognized as being um, legitimate. So make sure that all the stable coins have to be, you know, have to be backed by something legitimate and you've solved your problem, move on. (laughs) Really, you know I mean I've become more and more less trusting of the the of these regulations of the U.S. government in general I mean specifically in regards to crypto because they had such an opportunity when they were having these discussions with uh with the whole FTX and there was an opportunity although maybe there wasn't an opportunity because it was part of a plan to you know there's it but it seemed like at that point there were more opportunities to start making some moves to to get into to have more collaboration and communication with the crypto world because again I saw besides Sam Bankman-Fried there were others and getting involved and that whole thing that sort of potential collaborative system just got pulled down by the by the collapse of FTX and um and now instead they're just pushing like what did you say with a they're pushing hard with a, a mallet or what you used some kind of oh, yeah battering ram uh, really. <laughs> yeah so anyways I mean it seems like 2023 is where we really need is going to be a big change somehow and how that affects crypto in general specific entities in crypto I mean it's going to be another crazy year I think yeah interesting year yeah I mean one good thing if you're a bitcoiner is that if you're not going to stake if if yeah staking is getting persecuted then you obviously have stayed away anyway from any staking blockchains but also any staking or um yield giving um protocols on a uh, exchange site and if you're tar- targeting stable coins then everybody's just going to move all of their money into bitcoin so people aren't going to i think what the sec kind of want and i think they're probably working with banks is they want people to stop bringing money from the fiat system into the cryptocurrency system and they're not bringing it back like people are not bringing back their money and they're sitting it in stable coins in the cryptocurrency system and so you think well why wouldn't you bring it back into the, the general fiat system because it's where you'd want to spend money and people are like nope now that I've got it in crypto like you're not having it bank and I think that's that's kind of part of the learning right like when you start entering the crypto space you want sovereignty and you want like kind of a control and although you know the stable coins have issuers there's still a sort of a sense that you're not going through the bankers and that kind of gives a kind of glee in some way of just you're in control um but if yeah, push comes to shove, people are not bringing it back into fiat. So if that's what they think is going to happen, I think it, they're wrong. And I think I'm not, will, <laughs> I'm not either. Um, and I think people will just buy Bitcoin. And so it could yeah. send up the price of Bitcoin a lot because yeah. people yeah. put it all into Bitcoin and then Bitcoin creates, you know, there is a, a Bitcoin backed stable coin and goodbye SEC because they've already said Bitcoin's a commodity pretty much like it's been justified as a commodity so you know Bitcoin is always it always seems to be the solution (laughs) it does I know even yeah I I guess as time goes on I'm getting more more and more uh uh connected to Bitcoin Oh, bullish. No, bullish. Yeah, always bullish. <laughs> Long-term bullish. 
but I, I, I see more and more as I'm in the space more. I mean, I'm still dabbling in other cryptos, uh, but you know, the more I'm in the space, the more I see the real, just beautiful, the beauty and brilliance of Bitcoin. Mm. You know, as, yeah. It's a good way to oh. end. <laughs> yeah. That feels good. That was fun. That was fun. Um, yeah. Speeding so- up on the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets some of my frustration out. I totally agree yeah it feels good and also because I'm not in the US I kind of feel that like you know we, I you know it's not affecting me yet so it feels good to to yeah. kind of be able to look on and be like oh what's going on over there um a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but it's fun to kind of delve into these topics of what's going yeah. on at the moment and you know we're not experts we just have our own opinions and we're just giving the things that you know giving our explanations of what's going on but I feel like that it feels nice to be able to do that and I think we will take more topics that are relevant and dive into them um that are like relevant for the times so if you enjoyed this then please do like subscribe press the bell bell button and all um (laughs) so that you can yeah keep listening to our videos and um watching them and follow us yeah and and share with friends yeah. share share our conversation with friends who are like right on the edge of crypto hmm what's that about that's you know the perfect uh um, audience uh for our videos i think yeah who want to learn who might not be quite ready but want to get into the conversation where it's not all this technical things mm-hmm. but where we're really talking about you know, it's serious topics, but in a a fun feminine way. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> <laughs> we think, well, we're having fun. Yeah. We hope yeah. you guys are having fun too. <laughs> yeah, we're having the fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, exactly. And uh, if anybody has any ideas for topics that they want us to cover, if you're thinking, oh, we really want uh, Tanzania to talk about this then do email us with your suggestions and we will happily uh, share our knowledge and our thoughts uh, about it. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Linus is our newest uh, listener. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Um, So I shall see you next week. Yes. Next week. Have a great week and we'll see what's happening, um, you know, during the week with crypto, Uh, all the excitement. And it'll be fun to chat about it. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Ciao.